Hi, kids. Uh, it's Andy. I've got the producer's hat on. Um, instead of a cold open this week, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. Um, you may have noticed that this episode has dropped a couple of days later than past episodes have dropped. Uh, that's because we are actually moving the release date of each episode from Monday to Wednesday around noon. This is to give me a little more time to put each episode together, maybe give me a chance to try out some fun little things, little gags that I've been kind of having in mind and wanting to play with for a while. Um, so uh, keep an eye out um, every Wednesday around noon o'clock. Is that a thing? That's a thing. And we should pop up in your feeds as normal. And uh, as always, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. We had a lot of fun with it. Up, Bob. Go. Perfect. <laughs> hey kids, it's Candy Coated Razor Blades. I'm Bob, your host, and I don't have anything because there's too much going on in this episode. Introduce yourselves, boys. I'm Alex, and I distinctly remember when I used to record crazy things on VHS and hide them from my parents. Oh, yeah. And I'm Andy, and <laughs> I bought Betamax. <laughs> Yeah, kids, we're talking about VHS, which is our first um, anthology movie episode, which kind of makes me happy because I love anthologies. We all, we all yes, we all enjoy anthology. So this is yeah. my pick. <laughs> I picked VHS. Um, I actually saw this when it came out. Uh, I rented it on iTunes while it was in the theater, but also on iTunes. So I paid 10 bucks to <laughs> see this at home on my iPad. Wow. Because I demanded it. I yeah. love found footage. I absolutely adore found footage, and this is a found footage collection. Now, now this yes, came post Paranormal Activity, right? This is like that the yeah, second big found footage boom. Very shortly kind of, after. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think well, this is after like Paranormal Activity two ish. Well, paranormal Activity was what? Oh, I don't have my phone. It was oh nine. I think so. And this um, was like twelve. Okay, so yeah, they would have probably been up to like part three of Paranormal Activity yeah. when this happened. Um, I didn't see this when it came out. I, I saw. I, I saw like the the poster art for it in the red box constantly and kept looking at it like, <laughs> God, that's dumb. Cause, cause well, there were always a bunch of horror movies in the red box and like there was this weird preponderance of them that all had really dumb skull artwork, like shrooms. Oh God. Shrooms. Four. And so like, I just, and so that I was like VHS and like, Oh, it's a skull made out of videotapes. Well, that's fucking stupid. And then later on it was on Netflix and I, I happened to watch it and, so I actually had seen it uh, prior to this, but I saw it about it was about a year out of date when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, no, I so not only do I love found footage, but I have a particular love of media as a horror theme, mm-hmm. like Session Nine, where they find the tapes, right, uh-huh. and they're listening to these recordings of the prisoners at at that facility. Just anything about media, like when I was a kid, there was a, a show called. Um, Erie, Indiana, which was all about okay. Erie, Indiana, which w- had a population of 6,666 people <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Like, um, And it was all about creepy things for kids. Yeah. And there was an episode all about if you played um, vinyl backwards, there would be secret messages from the devil. Yeah, that was a big thing in the 70s and 80s. It was. So th- yeah. But this was, was like a kid's show the- in the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, of my age, this is when. Sure. And that, I remember that episode for some reason because... 
that kind of like secret messages and media thing affects me like no one's fucking business. Like yeah. it just it clicks some fear in my head that just makes me go crazy. I really like the idea of um, media being used in a horror story as a as a as a means to deliver the story. Yes. And that kind right. of goes back to like the Lovecraft shit. Cause it's always like he found some letters and it's, you know, something that purports to be a letter of a thing oh, or, yeah, I love epistolary novels. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Oh yeah. 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 I mean like even the, I the evil dead, I think it was the remake where they had the tape of the doctor playing stuff or reading the book. One of them. Loud. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I don't remember which yeah. one. They that was one met. of the, yeah, <laughs> they pretty much do. I mean, there's really no, and I've enjoyed that, and this found footage in particular seems to be a genre, yeah. that, a subgenre that really leans on that. Really, it heavily. does, and I think that's why I love it so much. Is like yeah. I even love the crap. I mean, I sorry. sorry, I admit that there is a lot of bad found footage out there oh, because yeah. I think uh, so, particularly with this movie and VHS two, and to a lesser extent VHS three. Although three is its own beast, and we yeah ever do that there's kind of good and bad very easily in that one yeah but i think this is a great example of found footage being utilized to tell interesting stories and i think more often than not found footage films are found footage utilized to lower the budget absolutely and i i watch those because i still enjoy them (laughs) but I like it when found footage is actually a tool to make it more interesting and and that is why this particular movie is one of the found footage movies I don't necessarily hate outright. Yeah. Because there are interesting stories in this movie. Mm -hmm. And you're not dealing with a single story, a single block of a story for two hours. You're, you're, you have multiple stories which are being told by multiple people with, with multiple methods of getting those stories across and it's hit and miss, obviously. Yeah. But some of it is actually enjoyable. Well, that I, kind of it goes to what I like about anthologies. Because yes. that that whole, if, if you don't like something, depending on the movie, you either wait five minutes or, in some cases, 25 minutes. Uh, but you just wait a little bit and you'll get to the next thing. And But you also get to have these sort of breakneck changes in tone and style. And mm-hmm. it's basically, it's almost like you're having a little curated experience. Yes. It's, like, it's like seeing a double or triple feature. But it doesn't take six hours. Yeah, but out an hour and a half of that. Right, but it yeah. still gives you a taste of that vibe. It's one of the reasons why I love ABCs of Death to Pieces, because it is that times 26. Yeah. It's and so, so breakneck. S- someday I will watch ABCs of Death again and just yeah. skip to, to G, because <laughs> F is what killed me the last time. So It's actually one of the shorter ones. <laughs> I just And it made, it made uh, very little impression upon me the first time I saw it, because I was like, oh, it's Japan. It is Japan. I just so people have made a big deal out of it since then, and now really I'm just have. like, so now I'm leaning into it. I, because I, that's I never. Me. So when I first I mean, watched ABCs of Death, it was since we've done the podcast, and you had told me to watch it because I'd always kind yeah. of wanted to. Yeah. And I remember I was like, oh, this is good. I'm really into it. Me and Paul were watching it, and we got to F is for fart, and I just it just kept going, and it was just so not what I was ready for. <laughs> and Paul was like, just completely left field. He, I never know how he's going to react to things like that. Yeah. And it was just like, I just, I just had to stop and I'm just never gone back. Yeah. And actually he doesn't remember that the name of the movie is ABCs of death. He actually thinks the movie is called F is for fart. <laughs> More than once he has asked, are we ever going to finish that F is for fart movie? And I'm like, Oh my God, I hate you so much. Paul. I should be a dick and be like, okay, that's the movie we're watching for, for our next Seriously. episode. I mean, I'm, I've seen it. So I would just start at G. Podcat has gone completely insane. Sweetie, what is the matter? Oh, that's, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> 
<clears throat> so, but I, so I love this kind of thing. I yeah. like media uh, and that does that. I feel like a lot of time, a lot of this is, um, especially like two of the shorts in particular deal with like the, the, what you're watching is being affected by the circumstances around it. Yeah. Um, and I like that. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you're, yeah, well, you're talking about, uh, okay, I know what you mean. Yeah, 1031 and um, Tuesday. Both, are yeah. ha- the actual film itself is being affected by what's happening in the film. And a little yeah. bit uh, a little bit in terms of Amateur Night as well. So sort of overall, like, I remember this was like, this is like the dude from Bloody Disgusting's project, right? This was actually, yes and no. Because like, so I, you're not wrong. Okay. But it, what it was, what, and I read something about this actually just before I came over, where it was basically all of these directors were associated with Bloody Disgusting okay. as kind of a, we'll do things for your website if you can help us make the kind of movies we want to make and get them seen. And they all kind of together talked about this and came up with this idea. And this and the second one um, were both collaborative productions. Yeah. VHS Viral, out of the three, was an intended film. Like, they kind of planned it and fit spaces. Whereas this one and the second one, they kind of let everyone do whatever they wanted, and they kind of saw what they got out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second one is a little different because they planned the wraparound to be a wraparound. And yeah. this one, they they kind of did, but they didn't know if they were going to use it or not. Like, Wingard would, was, has said before that he would have been fine not including it. He didn't really write it. So would I. Yeah, and what's the first one we're going to we talk all. about? So the first one is Tape 56, which is written and directed by um, Adam Wingard, also co-written by Simon Barrett. Simon Barrett is the mustache dude. Right. And, Ad, well, Adam Wingard is uh, actually, he also appears in it because he's, he does. I think he's actually the first guy who gets left alone in the, in the room with, with the corpse. Yeah. Good! And then, and then in VHS 2, he's the dude who gets the eye implant. Yeah. So, and honestly, as much as I've talked about not liking that segment, man, that's a lot better than this. It is. So yeah, yeah. just to kind of give, uh, you know, the synopsis, this is actually funny enough, the synopses that I have, this one is one of the longer ones, so I'm going to skip around maybe a little. So the frame narrative focuses on a criminal gang who filmed their exploits, which include smashing walls, windows, sexually harassing women, um, where an anonymous source kind of comes to them and offers them a large sum of money to steal a VHS tape from some fat dude's house. Yeah. They don't the, tell them which one it is. They're just like, oh, you'll know. Yeah, a VHS tape. I love it. Um, oh, I, here's, here's the room of VHS. Yeah, exactly. So many, and the boxes in the basement. Like, yeah. like yeah, yeah. So they break into this old dude's house. Badly. Um, yeah, they're real bad at everything. Actually, my favorite part watching with Paul was, why don't they turn the lights on? And I'm like, well... Criminals don't like to turn lights on because people are going to notice. But I'm like, also, they would have noticed every other thing they did up. I was going to say, yeah, so, they're literally waving flashlights around lines. all through the damn house. Yes, it would have been less suspicious to just turn lights on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. Just like with with them getting through the door, it would have been just less suspicious if they would have just broken down the fucking door. Exactly. Than right. do it the way they did it. Yeah. So we, they enter the house. They find the old guy who's supposedly dead in front of a bank of TVs um, mm-hmm. with VHS players and white noise. Fun side note, I actually own and still own that VHS player that's on top of the main TV. <laughs> it is in my, my room in my mom's house right now. Like, I, I literally look at it every time and go, yeah, I bought that too. Um, <laughs> For a minute I thought you were going to say it was in your mind palace. No, no. It's in, it should be. Because I'm not going to lie. If 
I no. was more of a nostalgic person, I would totally be collecting VHS tapes. Because oh, I just God. feel like yeah. it would be fun to have that and be like, let's watch a VHS. But I don't have enough in me to care to find them I to still do the I have effort. a bunch of VHS tapes downstairs. I really should hook up my VCR. I have a bunch in a box that I probably will throw away when I forget where it is. I, I have. rescued a bunch of mine at one point. I don't think I still have them. So they've entered the house. Um, what, what ends up happening is basically, so this is the frame story, and it was intended as a frame story. Adam Wingard yeah. has made no attempt to pretend like he wasn't writing a frame story. So yeah. basically, the guys put in a VHS tape, we watch a short, they disappear. Put in a VHS tape, we watch a short. They kind of, as, there's only ever one in a room at the time, so at right. one point, one guy does survive watching a tape, and that's when we get to see the dead guy in the chair disappear. Yeah. You know? And then we watch a tape, and he's back. Yep. Yeah. And at some point we're in the basement and there's like a nude person running around yeah. that never plays out, but it's a good little psych act for two seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. It's um according to this Wikipedia synopsis, it's supposed to be the big fat guy upstairs running around naked in the basement. Yeah, but no. Timing wise, that doesn't make sense. And visually, it don't look it like doesn't that. make sense. No. Like, but that's what this person who wrote this thought. Um so basically we end up with um, Simon Barrett, Mustachio, who was probably like one of the worst of the Mustachio. Um, so of course, TV from my bungalow. And of course, he got well. <laughs> that was a Left for Dead reference, but that's okay. It's all right. <laughs> so I, Mustachio ends up up there. He watches the last tape. I want to say no. It's before the last one. Yeah. So he finds <laughs> that all of his friends have disappeared. He gets freaked out by some noises. Ends up falling down the stairs, breaking his leg, breaking or whatever. his leg, maybe. Yeah. Unlike all the other times people break their legs and we get, you know, open fractures. Yeah, there's an awful lot of falling down the stairs and breaking shit in this movie. I mean, because that's what you're going to do with the camera is you're going to toss it downstairs <laughs> and then pretend that someone's already there with a broken leg. Oh, my leg. God. Yeah. Stop hating found footage, Bob. It's, no, it's too early. No. So, basically, the big fat guy ends up eating him, which we actually get explained better in VHS, too, why he, the big fat guy ate him, but... Yeah, I love. See, the funny thing is, I have seen VHS too. I don't remember, and in all honesty, I that was not a burning question that, that needed answered. That wasn't a burning question in no. my mind either. It, it, no, and it doesn't have to be answered, but they do. They do give a little bit more context, yeah. and I, I actually didn't mind it. It wasn't like huge continuity dump in that movie. Right. But again, yeah. we'll talk about that when when we do that. Movie. Uh, yeah. Not if, but when. Anyway, so, yeah. so we have the frame story, and it's and it's bad. It's dumb. It's it's kind of like douchebags on parade. We see them be douchebags. We see them die. There's so many segments of douchebags on parade in this movie. Though. Sure, I, I would argue so many. The problem with this frame story isn't that it's dumb; it's that it actively makes the other stories less good. You think? Yes, um, actually, and I can tell you exactly why. Because the first ten minutes of the movie is these guys breaking shit. Um, sexually assaulting women yeah. and basically yeah. being horrible fuckheads that I hate. Um, I agree. And, mm-hmm. and then the next, the next segment, the first tape, uh, which we're going to get to, yeah. uh, but it also begins with, shall we say a certain amount of hooliganry on the part of net yeah. guys who are about the same age. Yep. And even though their hooliganry is not a patch on what these fuckers do, it's coming immediately after 10 minutes of these fuckers. Okay. So it, wears me out on this bullshit okay. so that I spend the first half of the of the of the next segment just being completely over it and hating everything which is not what I should be doing when I'm watching that because it's actually quite good. So I mean I guess so as a framing device it it fails because it actually it it 
detracts from the things that it's framing. It, and it's also not any good in its own right. N- not only that, I just don't care about these dudes well, at all. I, I, I appreciate to... watching them die, but that's about it. That's something that's all you're supposed to do. Yeah. You're supposed to hate them and then let them die and not care about it. They're just kind of, they are nothing but, um, you know, corpses that push tapes in. Yeah. 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 But it's, it, it's, so there's been a lot of anthology movies since this. They kind of boomed a little. Yeah. For a minute there. Um, there's been many before it, too. I'm not saying oh, sure. they started with this. I mean, the but, anthology movie is a thing forever. Yeah, yeah, but specifically horror anthologies kind of boomed around this, especially in the indie scene. Yeah, we got you know we had Southbound and XX and mm-hmm. yeah. um, <clears throat> uh, holidays. Holidays. I'm trying to think. There's yeah. more, and I'm just like, oh, there's plenty of. Them. But so all of these kind of, and before this, there wasn't that many in the horror genre. They were kind of other things usually. Yeah, basically to do a horror in genre. The 80s, there was so much creep show. You're and nine, show. Yeah. yeah, Tales from the Dark Side. Tales, yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. the other ones like that, and then Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. That's a good one. Actually, I like that. I love Twilight yeah. Zone. But, um, so this framing device, I feel like they did it because they thought they had to. And I I think I remember, and I can't quote this, so I'm not sure, but I feel like they originally didn't have a framing device. And when they showed, they did a screener of it, people were really confused and they didn't accept the movie very well. So this was kind of a last minute thing to give a little context to the movie. And... Who knows if the story is true? Because again, this is memory more than fact uh, for me. But that sounds very familiar. And if the story is true with that, I think it's kind of a, t- a bad screener that they just kind of took the wrong advice from. Maybe even just that uh, I might have been able to accept this framing device without that first ten minutes. Yeah, I think the frame. I think it I think once I think with Wingard, once he jumped on as doing the framer, he wanted to make a story. And so he, his, I can completely go with you on the fact that the way this movie opens, every time I start this movie, I've seen it a lot and I've shown it to people. I always start and I'm like, this just does not feel like where we're going to be when we get even halfway through. Yeah. Of course. Like if we had just started like driving to the place and then had them be bad thieves and breaking in, I don't think we needed like the girl, the poor woman in the parking yeah. garage. We didn't need that at well, here's, all. And, and we yeah. didn't need them, you know, we didn't need the exposition of, hey, this makes us 50 bucks a pop. I'm like, yeah. so you're getting paid 50 bucks to rape someone. Fuck Yeah, it, it's just kind of, it's it shows the kind of people they are. Right. Know? And, you know, this was, this was 2012, so this wasn't being, this isn't made now. Yeah. If it was made now, it would feel much worse to me because of the current conversations that are really coming out. Yeah. I also think that some of the um not to derail too much, but I actually think the I actually think the, the the sexual assaults are in that sequence by design because I think every maybe not every, but most of these segments have at least one or multiple in some cases really gratuitous tit shot. Uh-huh. Like this movie is like titties to the wall. This movie, I think I, I agree with that. And I think it yeah. was because of the kind of guys making it. Yeah. There there's dick. I mean there's There's a dick. It, yeah. I mean, there, but for a horror movie, there's there's guys getting naked, there's girls getting naked. Right. I think if we cut the framer, there's just nudity. Yes. And right. then there's a lot of fuck. It's fuck is actually said two hundred and forty times yeah. in yeah. this movie. I mean, like, so they really set out to make a true indie movie. Right. Like they they're do. gonna say what they wanna say, they're gonna be the guys they are, and 
I can't defend this. No. I, I'm I'm tired of de- already tired of defending. Well, no, I'm not this even. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't. I don't. And even, now that you're attacking, no, I just I'm trying yeah. to have some kind of dialogue. No, I get it. And so. I, I, and I, don't, I, I certainly don't think of it as attacking and defending. I'm just, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, and I, I I get that same sense that they they wanted to make something that was like uncensored. Yeah. Because at this point, I think they were. It I was probably when he does his, his little, you know, TV, you know, commercial sepulchral voice. It's Coming like, soon to a theater near you. Um. Uh, because at the time that this was made, I think that that this was in some ways a reaction to Hollywood and the horror movies that they were putting out, which yeah. a lot of people kind of looked down their noses at, and a lot of horror fans were looking for more graphic content. Yes, and so I have yeah. a feeling that this was a response to that, and that's that's legit. That's fine. And I just if you if you're aware of Bloody Disgusting, which is actually a great yeah. horror news source. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, they are a hundred. They are on board with titties, sure. with titties, ass, dick. Fuck, like that's I don't even, it's not even that I have an issue with the presence of tits in a movie. It's more that like it almost felt like it was deliberately made a theme, like on purpose. And I think I just accept that with horror movies. It's yeah. something that I, I kind of especially growing up from the 90s and 2000s of horror, where horror was almost, you know, the frat guy's excuse to see titties. Sure. Oh, yeah. For I mean, a long oh, time. There's, there's a post on demographic, 15 to 25. But um, so Maybe. the other thing, just uh, the other thing that you mentioned, which uh, the, 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 they're going to say what they're going to say, like I'm totally on board with that. I just wish maybe they would have said more. I agree. I, yeah. I, fl- I I firmly sit at the, we didn't need anything before the guy, they're sitting in their living room, the guy's about to, yeah. the guy seriously baseball bats into the TV, which I was like, oh. <gasps> Even at the time, I'm like, that's horrible. Why would you ever destroy something it's funny, like, like that? Looking at that, I'm just like, that's... You guys are poor. Why are you doing... I know. <laughs> that's Vanilla Ice to me. I'm, it's just like yeah. like when Vanilla Ice was on that oh, one yeah, MTV okay. show and he beat like his statue yes, with yes. a... See, yeah. here's, here's... I actually watched that when it happened. I did too. Here's my thing. I get wow. portraying horrible people being horrible. Yeah. I get it. I really do. Because without it, we wouldn't have had, say, Clockwork Orange. No, and it's... This is just useless. I'm okay it without is. a it's Clockwork completely. Orange. I love Clockwork Oh, I love Clockwork Orange. Really? I, tried to, I tried to watch it again recently. I just got no use for that fucking movie. Oh, I like the book, too, but you just have to, you have to invest so much. You in do. That book. You really do. But no, I, I, I get it. I, I feel like he wanted more substance since he was going to have to put his name on it. Sure. Yeah. And with that in mind... It it wasn't yeah. worth the substance. Exactly. It was a little it was a little half assed. I guess yeah. I would have appreciated because I've seen works from Adam Wingard that I would qualify as competent, competent and actually in yeah. at least one case pretty good. Your next was pretty good. Your next is good. Yeah, um, uh, filth and lies. Anyway, go ahead. Um, and so, like, I know that he is capable of doing better work than this. Yeah. I just felt like he, no, it's, he yeah. It's I'm sure he's capable of doing better work than this. Has he? No. Yes. Oh my God. So anyway, uh, <laughs> we're, so we, we uh, audience, so the audience is aware. We basically have a one through six because counting the frame story, there are six shorts in total. Where does this one land on Do your, not... your one through six? Six. Yeah. It's, it's last place. It's, it's, six, it's a total yeah. six. Be- because even if we got rid of that last six or... minutes, all you're, all you're doing is looking at people. You're not even looking at people disappearing. You're finding them gone after yeah. a segment is shown, and that is useless to me. And there's also a lot of... It is, it, I, I almost wish they would have done something more like XX, where they just had, like, nonsensical... Right. A just, story. Just something where it was like, oh, we are in between right now. We're, we're telling a story, and um, here's where I'm leading. Well, I think that's where ABCs of Death got it right. Yeah, because and their actually, framing device is title card, boom, go. And actually, I think... Again, conversation for the, that podcast, but I think when we talk about VHS two, yeah, that framing device is perfect. 
Oh, yeah. It gives just enough explanation so that we, we're we at least on board with the framing device. And then even VHS, VHS Viral, has no framing device, basically. Right. Yeah. They're just basically like, eh, whatever. Yeah. At that point, they're like, we don't need to invest in a third Exactly. Point. It's like, tell me a story as to why you're watching these tapes and leave it at that. Yeah. This said that, but also tried to give us entirely too much more, and I didn't care for what they were giving us. So- uh, and to, to to hijack and harp on this subject, uh, the subject of what's wrong with this segment just a little bit more, and then I promise I'll shut up and we can move <laughs> on. Um, I think it's a missed opportunity, really, because to any horror fan, certainly of Bob's in my generation, probably yours too, because of what you just told me about Blockbuster, VHS means some shit. Like you, yeah. you would, most people of our generation the video store was where we got our horror movies. Mm -hmm. And like, we had this conversation with Brooke, I think it was of just like walking around the mom and pop video shop, looking at the, the, the box art of these videotapes and like trying to imagine like how great the movie was with this great art. And the movies Mm -hmm. always were shit, but that's, that's not the point. (laughs) I love VHS covers. Like, win over DVD cases. Oh, God, yeah. Almost every time. I think it was just because by the time we got to DVD cases, we just wanted to, like, still from the movie. Yeah. And when with VHS, you were trying to, like, catch someone's attention more. Right. Right. We're getting, like, artwork. And and that started because when VHS came out, it was super prohibitively expensive. You couldn't... A lot of people could not afford to own videotapes. Yeah, it's fine. Jesus. (laughs) So, okay. But, like, the point is, I feel like it was a missed opportunity... um, that they could have taken this idea, this VHS idea, and tied it into that. Uh, the same way that Found. Yes. Remember the movie Found? That <clears throat> of so much course of, I do. So much of the important parts of Found revolve around video stores yes. watching a movie uh, on videotape. Mm-hmm. I feel like they missed a major, major missed opportunity. I, like, if I can yeah. think of something cooler than what the professional guy thinks of, I feel like he's not trying. I feel like they, they attempted to not go there. Which is disappointing, because I think they should have. I think they just made a conscious effort. When I look at this movie, and I think about all of them, you know, even Tuesday the 13th, which, the 17th, which is the closest to an 80s theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's... I think they attempted to not do 80s. Especially because this was 2012, and 80s was starting to go out of style. Yeah, again. We were starting to all be done with the 80s. So I think because it happened at that time, they made a conscious choice to be like, let's not... 80s nostalgia, and then even where we are now in horror, we've gone back to 80s nostalgia. So I think yeah, they right. they happened in that interim where we were trying to not do 80s, and so they made that effort. I don't think they needed to. I think yeah. what you're saying. I mean, is I correct. suppose. I suppose. That's, I mean, that's legit. Like, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess I get that, but just no. I feel ultimately, like they still I, I, just done what they wanted. Ultimately, all in all, everything said, this segment just sucked. It, it really did. So, <laughs> So move on to the good segment. The next segment is Amateur Night. Amateur Night was written and directed by David Bruckner Mm -hmm. and co-written by Nicholas Dukoski. Now, do you know what else David Bruckner has done? And I did not know this. This sounds so familiar and I can't remember. I know I looked it up, but I can't remember. He did Southbound. That's, he, oh, that's right, he which, did. Which actually means... He's not the only person that involved. Bob and I participated in a movie theater Skype call with him. We did. Oh, cool. We well, did. He, was, he was not the only person involved with this to get involved with Southbound. Because there were... No, yeah. Some of the other directors also they did. Are, yeah. But he Southbound. actually is one of the major directors. Okay. He helped put Southbound together. Cool. Super cool guy. Still have yeah. not seen it. But um, that one... I think that'll be my next choice, because that actually is like my favorite it. It is a good movie. It's fine. Yes. Amateur night, or as I like to call it, Bird Woman, the oh. early years. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Shane, Patrick, and Clint. Power. Oh my God. Are, Are you there, God? It's me, Bird Woman. I like you. We must. We must. We must increase our boost. <laughs> oh my God. So, Shane, Patrick, and Clint are three friends who have rented a motel room to fulfill Shane's intent of bringing a woman back for sex and Ooh. having a, a dude threesome, which straight people do, and I don't understand. Well, it is also they want it's it then folds. If they don't actually touch each other's dicks. Yeah. 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 Although in this movie, literally, Shane touches Clint's dick. Like, that's a thing that happens early on. Um, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Clint is given glasses that have been outfitted with a hidden camera that allow them to turn their planned encounter into amateur porn, Ooh. which Clint's both not cool with and then kind of cool with it after a while. And then eventually and not, not cool, cool with, with again. It. Yeah. He yeah. actually, I will say, before we get into the details, I think, and we can talk more about this afterwards. I, I think Ben Folds did a great job in that role. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> he it's was really good. True. It's so true. <laughs> but I think actually... Between the three of them, they're the most, like, sexually responsible bros I've ever seen depicted. Ish. Ish. Depicted. Ish. Bros. Depicted. Depicted. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, Listen I, I to my it. full statement before you no. start disagreeing with me. I understand. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> entirely because I well, had the same thought. Let synopsis and we'll talk about it. Yeah, I, I said, we can talk about more about it. Yeah, yeah. But I think for, you know, on film for bros, these are the most sexually responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, so while the three are bar hopping, Clint encounters a mysterious young woman. Lily, I don't remember her having a name because she never said anything but I like you, but Lily apparently was her name, who appears unusually shy and says little other than, I like you. In addition to picking up Lily, the men are also succeeding in convincing another young woman, Lisa, to return to their motel room. I also don't remember when Lisa was named. This is a lot more names than I remember from this movie. They, I don't think they short. were really named. If they were, that was in like, probably like a script somewhere. It just yeah. sounds like a callback to, to an old Polly Shore routine that like like every girl he ever met in Los Angeles was named Lisa. That's oh, true. Polly Shore. Yeah. Um, no, they he were sucked. <laughs> he was terrible. <laughs> Lisa immediately passes out as Shane is attempting to initiate sex, and Patrick discourages him from continuing. Lily continues awkwardly coming on to Clint, but a dejected Shane comes on to Lily instead, um, oblivious to the scales visible on her feet as he's undressing her. Lily appears responsive, pushing Shane onto his back and then beginning to undress Clint, seemingly beginning a threesome, although she does not like Patrick. Not at all. Um, (laughs) Does not like him. Uh, Clint goes into the bathroom. Moments later, Patrick bursts through the bathroom door, claiming that Lily bit him. When they approach Shane, Lily spouts fangs, attacks and kills him. Clint and Patrick hide in the bathroom until Patrick, still nude, great dick, really nice dick, um, arms himself with a shower curtain rod and returns to the room. And Clint watches as Lisa and Patrick attempt to fight Lily. Uh, by the way, you hear one dropped line of Lisa trying to fight and get killed. I only know this because I watched it before I came here with subtitles. I literally <laughs> did not. I, I Lisa just like vanished from the she movie. Did. From well, yeah, she did. Well, she didn't see it. Um, only because of the subtitles for the first time. Have okay. I, did I? You actually, she she says something yeah. and then there's well, a, a sound and then she gurgles. I was too well, busy. because he tries to wake her up, can't, gets over the bed, yeah. gets over the other bed, and then she comes in. Okay. Yeah, and it's literally just one line, gurgle, and then she's dead. Okay. Yeah. And at that point, I'm too busy watching the dick at the Bird Woman. Bird Woman literally rip his dick and balls yep. off and yep. slap them yep. down in yep. front of the camera. Yep. Patrick attempts to fight Lily, but she subdues him, drinks his blood, and rips off his genitals. Clint escapes, but ends up falling down a stairwell, breaks his wrist with a open fracture. Green stick uh, fracture, they Yep. Okay. Lily catches up to Clint, but instead of attacking, she attempts fellatio. I never knew it was fellatio yeah. until you I. You kind of got that vibe. Did. I thought she but was then you, But his then you blood. see that his, his boxers, but she closed up his boxers afterwards. Well, so. there's actually a fun joke about that that I have in a minute, too. Okay. So, um, close, uh, 
uh, attempts to light you finding Clint unaroused. She crawls into the corner, cries softly, and then turns into horrific growling. Clint flees, wherein the um, obviously Indian owners of the hotel are not having it. Yep. They're like, you got to go. You got to <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, these are the worst hotel motel owners. Oh, my God. Um, Lily then transforms into a winged creature, revealing that she's a succubus, which I never got. I always thought I mean, she was a vampire. It doesn't matter what she was. Um, who was on the hunt. And as she flies off with Clint, his glasses fall into the grass. Yes. Yeah. So you, you are right that these are the most sexually responsible bros ever because, frankly, in any other movie, they just would have raped Lisa. I know. I actually, yeah. I give them full props for not just raping right. her. I mean, that shouldn't happen in any movie. It's of course, good that it's not happening Because rape should movie. not be a plot device. And that yeah. was exactly, and that was my thought. However, that is counterbalanced somewhat by the fact that they have Lisa and everybody there to film them, them getting fucked without it, their consent without or knowledge. Yeah. So, and I get that. It's a little come see and a little come saw. Yeah. yeah and you know. To be fair, they could be in Italy. We could just pretend like we're lying because in Italy, that's legal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we know they're in Los Angeles, but. California actually does have very strict laws about recording people that I sadly know from weird reasons. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I know all about it too. I work in call recording. That's, Yeah. <laughs> I work specifically in call recording, and California and Florida have the strictest recording. Yeah, so I, I know that part's not good. I just enjoy the fact that that the while drunk and possibly on various amounts of cocaine, they are at least relatable enough to be like, "Hey, dude, she's unconscious. You cannot have sex with her." Right. I want to give props, to and, that. and at just, least they're sober enough to recognize that. It's yes, like, dude, you got to know. And not on—I mean, that the cocaine moment I always forget happens, and then yeah. when it happens, yeah. I always like get a little surprised, and I always kind of want to be like, I wonder if Lily, apparently is her name, freaks out a little more than usual because you know she's super high on cocaine. cocaine. Woo! <laughs> she, she's coked up. So like, she's, so like she leans in and instead of saying "I like you," she'd be like, "I do cocaine." <laughs> um, so I, okay, so I will also, I will also, uh, again, just going back to the the consenty thing. His response is kind of hilarious in a horrible way because Patrick's like, "No, dude, she's passed out. You can't have sex with her." He basically starts like shaking. I the know. No, wake up so that it's technically not rape. God I damn know. it! <laughs> that is that okay. is a horrible response. <laughs> it is really is. It is. The, easily the funniest moment in the whole thing. It and is good though. It, I, I like feel that. horrible for finding that funny. Yeah, but well, not horrible enough to not say it. See, so. at least you know. All I, I, I can say about that yeah. is he still doesn't have sex with her unconscious. Yes. At least he's like attempting to gain consent. Like right. wake up and tell me it's okay. <laughs> right. you know, like, he really <laughs> wants it. That's okay. Um, yeah. He, he tried. He does. It's and as douche broy as he was, he tried. Yeah. And at least he gives up. They just let Lisa. I at least would have. You know. I, as it's just a me, I feel like they at least should have turned like her around and put her head on the pillow her and pillow, covered turn her, her like side so she doesn't vomit and die. And yeah, she was super true. drunk. She was well drunk <laughs> and possibly on cocaine because yeah. we really don't know what, how possibly. much. Possibly, yeah. well, she never. Possibly. We never saw her snore anything. True. We literally only saw the succubus do cocaine, which was hilarious. Which yeah, she was not she with did it. Not and react then, to that. Well. And then she, she was, was like, liking it. I can't tell. So my I wouldn't know. I've never done cocaine. My favorite thing about this this short, other than so. Story time. Um, blonde guy. He was just a local Atlanta actor. They had someone else in that role who pulled out because they, he had to do something else. He couldn't come to Georgia. And they just went to, like, the biggest theater company in Atlanta. And they were like, we need someone who vaguely looks like this. And this guy came out. And he was like, the people who directed it and everyone on set was like, this was, like, the best 
like film actor and they're all like why doesn't he work in the industry like he could make we're all ready to hire him for anything he was like the he was so cool they were like you're gonna be naked he's like yeah whatever show whatever you want he was like down with anything he loved all the prosthetics he was like the best person on set like the entire commentary track for this short is them basically saying how much they loved this dude Nice. Yeah. Like, because he was just so awesome about everything. He seemed really game for the for the whole thing. Yeah, he oh, was yeah. so, I he loved really I loved his personality. It. He was always just so, like, even while drunk, he was, like, giggly and happy. really and annoying, was, but. Into it. Yeah. He was like, he's pretty and furry. Mm-hmm. And he does, he does he have a nice dick. dick. Yes. yes. Yeah. He was Until it was ripped off. Until it was. Aw. When it was ripped off, it was. So much larger than it actually was. Well, it is penis, <laughs> you know. I don't think they actually removed his genitals, Probably so. Not. Well, I don't know. You but did say he was game for anything. They should have gone for, like, a, a plaster cast or yeah, something. Yeah, I wonder how long they had to make a plaster so. cast of his penis. Okay, Todd, so for this scene, you're going to be naked, and we are actually going to rip your dick and balls off. Hey, man, I'm cool down, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> as long as you can reattach it, they're like, no, yeah, no, we, we can do that. If it was Daniel Day-Lewis, he would have been like, I've already removed I don't quite understand. I mean, he was... (laughs) Or Christian Bale, honestly. (laughs) I don't understand why Lily didn't like him when the dark-haired one was so much more douchey. Maybe she has a thing where she only likes dark-haired men. Maybe. Because Clint Clint and Shane both were dark-haired and Patrick was the blonde. I don't get it either. I just assumed it was like a pheromone thing because after she drinks his blood, she vomits. Yeah, possibly. So I just assumed like... Mm-hmm. When she was a vampire, in my mind, before I realized, I found out she was a succubus. Right. Um, that she, there was just something about him. Maybe he has an STD. Maybe yeah, or there's he just does, he's O positive, and she right. only likes A, B, and B. I don't know. I know, I just no. always figured, you know, since she vomited vomits right after she drinks his blood, yeah. there was something about him that she didn't like. Yeah. So I, I always, uh, the thing about this short I love is I love watching with people and being like, you see that crease in her forehead? Watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, I love this short in general because it's it's perfect little, I love the space. They use that hotel room really well. There's there's not a whole lot of, and, and when we're talking about why Bob hates found footage, um, it's, it's normally the shaky cam thing. Yeah. And there's not as much of that in this mm. as in, I mean, there's, yeah. there's plenty. Yes. Well, there's the shaky, a, they tend to, whenever you see Clint, they're shakier because he's actually wearing the camera on yeah. his glasses. Yeah. When you don't see Clint, they just had a steady cam. Right. right. So it's less shaky. Right. That's, so, yeah. But yeah. Th- but it didn't make me not want to watch it because I couldn't focus on anything. It and was, I understand that. Yeah. There are other shorts in this that are much worse about being like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as much as I love Tuesday the 17th when we get to it, they do a lot of pan to the ground. They do. Camera yeah. work, which I'm like, uh, did you yeah. need to? But I, we'll talk, I'll talk about it more yeah. there because I there's think there's a, a good reason. There's a lot of shitty camera camera work on display in this movie. This one was one of the better ones for that. Um, yeah, there is a little bit of shaky cam, and honestly, and they're the whole, always. I think sometimes they just add it in, right? Like, sometimes it's supposed sure. to be there. There are just a, a few too many scenes set in cars and bars, and yeah, watch, the, watching this on headphones oh yeah, so is I, not particularly pleasant. No, uh, especially when Which is mostly when, how I've watched it. When the glasses fall off at the end, oh yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. yeah um, but That's I will say, I will say, um, their blocking is really good. Yes. Um, during the action, when the action is happening, the the blocking, not just of the movement of the actress, but also the the camera work. The camera goes where the camera needs to go, so that you can tell what's going on. Yes. When uh, Ben Folds is lying at the bottom of the stairwell, 
Uh, and he's like, he's like lying there and his wrist is broken. And uh, Bird Woman Jr. is like over in the corner. Yeah. And he's like, she's a brick and I'm drowning slowly. And so. <laughs> And, and, and he's so, coming down the stairs. This is for the glory of Cagliostro. <laughs> and so, um, but there was like, so like through that entire through that entire interaction, when he's on the ground and she's kind of like looming over him, like she like gets in his face. She's like, "I like you," and then she tries to like suck his yes. dick a little bit. Like the camera actually goes from her face door, door. Can I get out? Can I yes. door? Can I get out? And it, it, they do. They very consciously are aware that it is on his head. Right, yeah. and they're very and so. Uh, whether the camera was actually on his head at that point or whether they were doing it some other way. Yeah. They did a really, really good job of mimicking that and sort of like giving us his thought process that he's like, he's watching the door. Yeah. Trying yeah. to. That's why he's not getting hard. Cause like, he's like, please let me leave. Please getting me getting leave. ready to make a reach for the door. Yeah. And so like that is an example of very good camera work in a found footage movie, yeah. which you do not see very often. Right. I, yeah. Uh, so this is one of the better ones in that regard. No, I definitely what I what I love about this is they did as few cuts as possible. Yeah. They all of the back and forth in and out of the hotel of the bathroom in the hotel room mm-hmm. or the motel room whatever. In the room was all single shot. Right. Nice. They had people they apparently the wall that Patrick was sitting against didn't really exist. Um, so it was they pulled it out and you yeah. could literally just like run in and out from that direction. Okay. So all of it was like they would close the so they this is what they said in there. They like they'd close the door in there and they'd all be frantically running back in and out trying to fix everything. Yeah. And then um the scene with her with her hands over her head when that that really awesome shot. Yeah. yeah. Um that was completely by accident. <laughs> and they actually hired her as a contortionist, she was Lily as a contortionist. Okay. Yeah. They hired her for a different scene that they didn't end up using, but she just did that with the prosthetics on, with like her, the prosthetics on her elbows. Yeah. And they were like, this is really good. <laughs> and they, they were kind of like, stay, stay. You, you know what's hilarious <clears throat> is because I, I see her doing that, and I, I do actually really love this segment of the yeah. movie. I see her doing that, and I see the beginning of the wings, which you could see the scar yeah. on her back. Yeah, where they're I thought that. From. Yeah, I thought the the way they slowly kind of transformed her was really good. Oh, it was fantastic. Now, what I really want to know is, did Shane take his dick out when she flipped him over and was riding him, or was she just re- literally like riding his hard dick through his pants? I think she was just grinding. I think she was just grinding. Okay. I think she was getting ready well, for So there was, because there's, it's, a, it's really, if you see it, like the 15th time, like I did this morning, yeah. um, he like gets on top of her and she acts like he just went inside of her. Yeah. And then she flips him, but he's still like. He's completely, still completely closed. Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like, maybe he just unzipped. No. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's not, not important. It's just not one of those yet. things that you notice and you're like, huh. I, I, I do love the. The staging is really good, like you said. I love the particular way they staged this room. So it was completely believable as like an obstacle course of like, shit, now I'm in the corner and yeah, there's the yeah. door and there's my dead friend. and Right. Yeah. And there's and there's the girl I have to wake up to get her out. Yeah, and, and he actually ends up climbing over her. Yeah, and here's yeah. the genitals. Yes. So um, where, where, where would you say this one falls? So for your, me, this favorite. is number two. This is my second favorite of the lot. Okay. This is actually my number one. This is also my number two. Okay, and I, I I have a feeling I have a feeling that our number ones are gonna are gonna differ wildly. I think um, if I'm gonna make a bet, our one and our three are shifted, but maybe not. I'm not gonna take that bet because I think you're right. 
Okay. So um, um, that's what that's what I assume. Unless you really hate one of them, and I'm going to be surprised. But I don't we'll think I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's any surprises coming. So um, yeah, I didn't mean to truncate that. But yeah, no, I think we, it's fine. Spent quite a bit of time. Well, the first segment will be cut down quite a bit. I assume. <laughs> I assume. Yeah, we're, I assume. we're already at an hour. An hour twenty. Oh, sure. Twenty of that was well. Twenty of that was like pre. Yeah. So we're, we're about an hour in, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, the next couple of segments are probably going to be fairly quick. I actually have a, I don't know. I have a lot to say about this movie. So this might be a long okay. podcast. Well, so the next segment is Second Honeymoon, which is written and directed by Bob's second favorite director, uh, Ty West. Yeah. What else he is Ty West doing? He did The Sacrament. He did uh, He did The Sacrament. He did The Innkeepers. Um, the Innkeepers. Innkeepers, which is his only House of the Devil film. as well, House I believe. The Devil. Okay. Yeah. A Sacrament is good. I'm surprised you don't like it. I have seen none of these. Fever 2. Did he do Cabin oh, Fever I wanted, 2? I actually wanted to see that. Yeah. But I also liked Cabin Fever 1. I didn't enjoy Cabin Fever 1 enough to go see the second one. Cabin Fever 2 is like they took Cabin Fever and then said, no, let's make it funny. Ooh, I'm more interested. Now. Yeah, it would have helped, they actually. didn't work. I, I, I honestly God like Cabin Fever One because of the actors. Like the literal actors are all people from nostalgia from my childhood. So I really enjoy it. <laughs> and that's fine. You're allowed. I, I am allowed. Not only am I allowed, but I am accomplishing. And that's fine. <laughs> okay. So, um a married couple, Sam and Stephanie. Sam is played by fucking um what's his name? Uh yeah, he's actually Joe Swamberg. Who directs uh, one who, of the segments later in the movie. I know I'm sad about that. Yeah. I have a thing for Joe Swanberg. Like I think he is so fucking hot. And you not only do you get to see him nude on film a lot because a he was in a gay porn. Oh yeah, straight as a button. But he was in a gay porn. He is also in another one of his movies where he was chubbier and a little cuter. And he masturbates on film. Um, and they basically do like. Uh, does he actually like? Ma- does he like come on film stock? Yeah. Like no. Okay. Yeah, on camera. Because that would be a little weird. It would be a little weird. It was yeah. in the shower, actually. But on camera. Now, if like, it was Christopher Nolan doing that, I'd totally believe it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, they literally, like, zoom in on his penis, on his face, on his body, on his penis. Like, there's a lot of good shots of this dude naked. And I think he's, he, like, hits my buttons for some yeah, yeah. reason. Um, yeah. So, they travel for their second honeymoon to Arizona. They visit a Wild west theme attraction where Stephanie receives a prediction from a mechanical fortune teller. Um, that evening, off-camera, a woman comes to them in their motel room and awkwardly tries to convince Sam to give her a ride the next day in the middle of the night. It's a very strange interaction with Sam and this woman, and um, Stephanie is awkwardly interested in it, but we don't understand what's happening right, right. now. Yeah. We do then switch to... Um, in the middle of the night, someone takes the camera and is walking around their room and, like, rubs a switchblade on Sam's face and kind of stares at Stephanie and goes into the yeah. bathroom. This is when they put the toothbrush in the toilet, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They, so they do, um, which reminds me of another movie that... Like Urban um, Legend? Yeah, Urban Legend actually makes me think of Urbania, oh, yeah. which is the gay-themed Urban Legend movie. Right. Um... Yeah, the next day they go to the Grand Canyon, which um, leads to one of my weirdest scenes where he's like over, he goes down that ridge and off to the side and he stays there for a really long time. And I think it's one of the weirdest scenes in the movie because it it does nothing and it has no payoff. Sam also notices that money is missing um, and they kind of just play, Stephanie plays it off as, oh, you just forgot it in the car or something. That night someone else enters the room and then fucking stabs Sam in the throat. Yeah. Really goes for it. And then we are shown that the killer is the woman from the other night who is in a lesbian relationship with Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And they then take all their money in their car and they fucking just gun it out west. Uh, they're in the desert. I don't know what direction they're going, sure. but they're going to leave. 
Right. Yeah. And they're supposed to delete the footage, which obviously they did not. Right. Obviously they did not. Which is correct. So, I love the concept of this. I love parts of this, but it is to me one of the most boring parts of this. Seriously, thing. total oh my fucking dud. It's like watching somebody's vacation slides. It really it is. is. I, except the for can- the diabolique angle, which yeah. I get, but it's very half baked. It is. So yeah. I like I like the scenes when they're asleep and the person's in the room. Both of those I think are very well done. Yeah. yeah. I think the scene when she just fucking stabs him in the throat yeah. is really well filmed. It's and good. actually when the first time I saw it, it freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Like I had trouble like sleeping in that exact position that he was yeah. in for like a minute. Um, and I like the story they are telling. Right. But I think this has so much what they were trying to be. So you haven't seen Audition. No, but I'm familiar enough with it. So the way in which Audition is built to be this romantic comedy that leads you into insanity, that leads you into murder scene. Yeah. Sure. This, I think, was supposed to create tension with that romantic stuff. Mm-hmm. And instead, to me, it falls flat. Utterly. And it yeah. is boring. It's It really is. Uh, again, I get the diabolique. Uh, yeah. I get that, okay, we're in a relationship and we're going to get rid of your husband now. Yeah. And that's how that's going to happen. Everything else around it, though, is just wasted film. The, wasted. The problem well, the, that I have with the Diabolique angle is that it doesn't make any sense. Um, like, I get that, like, okay, you're a lesbian, lo- you have a lesbian lover, and that's cool, and you girls are going to run away, and that's cool. If that's the case, if this is a planned thing, why are you filming everything? Right. Why is she, the intruder, filming everything if this is supposed to be deleted any fucking way? Yeah. This is just grandstanding for the benefit of the audience. And I don't think the audience gives a shit. If the audience is me, I definitely don't give a shit. No, I understand. And I will also say that the camera work is subpar, even for fucking vacation video. It is. It's It's really bad. They tried, I think too hard to to shake it around. And it just looks motherfucker. If you have a handheld camera, I don't care what your deal is. You can, you can film the object that you are looking at better than that. And you know, Arguments about Ty West's, you know, role as a director aside. Right. This was legit Ty West, Joe, girl, girl. There was no one else. Sure. There was no crew for this. All four of them went to Arizona, found a hotel room, filmed this. Right. Because I don't, do either of you really know Joe Swanberg at all? Not really, no. So he invented Mumblecore. Mumblecore. Okay. Mumblecore is a style of filmmaking that really wanted to emphasize real life. So it has no planned script. It has very little in the way of planned action. Mm-hmm. It's usually has a found footage feel, although it's not supposed to be found footage, but it is supposed to feel like a home movie. And it's basically you put actors in a room and you kind of just let them talk about nothing. And you just film them having interactions and it has very little purpose. There's no overarching plot. You're just watching people kind of live their lives. That's Mumblecore. And Joe Swanberg is like the king of it. I'm going to be real honest. I think Mumblecore is shitty. It's mostly. Yeah. It's pretension to me. It's okay. They used to call it cinema verite. They did. But that's better than this one. Yes. When the Italians. When When it's good, it's cinema verite. When When it's shitty, it's Mumblecore. Yeah. When when Italians (laughs) did cinema verite. Yeah. They made interesting plot-filled yeah. movies that used these techniques. Right, because they were basically right. using the language of cinema to present a slice of life. Yes. Whereas yeah. this is just some bullshit with a fucking camera. Yeah. 
And I don't, yeah, I, I don't know that they had any, it's, it feels improvised and not well improvised. Yeah. Not like, well, and not like the is, Paul Thomas Anderson kind of well, thing, thing is, where, you know, like Magnolia, which feels like an exercise. Oh, I like Magnolia. It feels like an acting class yeah. exercise. So yeah. like whatever's good or not good about it, it's kind of unstructured because it feels like they just sort of were improving it and making it up and workshopping it. Yeah. And these have those happens to be very talented actors workshopping it. None of these people in Second Honeymoon are talented no, actors. Yeah, there's actually, nothing there for them to workshop. They're not actually. Um, what I will the what fortune I will telling say, scene is is probably the one bright spot in this whole thing. And I, and I have a story about that. So what I will say yeah. from a from a strictly acting talent standpoint, yeah. Joe Swanberg is actually a very good actor. Yeah, he's just acting like your average Midwestern nothing of a man. Right. Because in re- in everything else, he is nothing like this. Okay. So his talent of acting, which is just taking on the character, yeah. is actually accomplished. Yeah. But I think the problem here is Joe Swanberg is known for Mumblecore. No. And this, Ty West, is not a Mumblecore director, but he directed this as if it was Joe's medium. Right. And I think that's where you get to the problem is Ty West wasn't working in his own language. I mean, yeah. Sacrament, Innkeepers, these are not Mumblecore films. They're no. nothing like and Mumblecore. And Ty West does tend to lean back towards that 80s slasher kind of um, muted color sort of thing, and I get that, well, and it's fine. Story about the machine. So they filmed a lot for this short. Right. Ty West and the gang um, filmed like an obscene amount of hours, like 16, 18 hours of footage that turned into this short. Right. Because they just were doing random things and they were, they were having a really good time, which I don't doubt. Like they were just like joking and having fun and having a good vacation. So the reason this feels like somebody's vacation video is because that's exactly what it fucking was. It was, yeah. So they went to this Wild West town they didn't even know existed. Yeah. And they found that machine and so they're just like filming and they're like, yeah, let's just do it. Maybe we'll include it. They had no intention of even including the Wild West town. That whole thing would have been cut. They go up. The fortune you see in the film mm. is legit the fortune that spit out. Oh. So it was exactly what came out. They did not plan it. They did not read something else. It literally not only describes this short, but it describes the whole sec like two more shorts later on. And it was completely random. Nice. And they had no idea it was going to happen. But I mean, as long as it fits, fine. I just think that's really to me that's really interesting that like they did not plan this and just spit out something that exactly worked for them. It's um, a little interesting. I mean, it's kind of interesting that it's it's fun that they could do that. At the same time, though, the nature of those kind of fortunes and things is to put out something that is so vague that it's almost universally applicable. No, but it's actually specifically like it mentions a new woman coming into your life and changing everything. Yeah, like it very specifically references this short. So I just thought that was that's my so sorry. Andy was really disappointed in it. Not no. Well, I I just feel like I'm disappointed in this short. So where do we where do we put this short among the list? Uh, This is my number five. Okay, this is my number four only because I like what it could be if someone else did it and did it better. This is also my number five uh, because I like what it could be, but this is not that. I'm fine with that. And wasted potential is one thing that pisses me off more than anything else. The only reason it's actually not my number six is because this segment's shittiness is self-contained, whereas Tape 56's <laughs> shittiness spilled out and, and into other segments. It's infected everything. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, it is virulent shittiness. Okay, the next one is Tuesday the 17th. Yeah. Uh, Written and directed by Glenn McQuaid, who has pretty much done nothing else. Um, Well, again, I Sell the Dead. um, That was it. Yeah. I I I Sell the Dead is a wonderful movie. It's good. Yeah, I I think this is a good short. Um, So three friends, Joey, Spider, and Samantha, accompany their new friend, Wendy, on a camping trip. Joey films the group as Wendy leads them through the woods, occasionally mentioning accidents that took the lives of her friends. <gasps> when scanning certain areas, images of mutilated bodies appear on the film, although Joey doesn't appear to be seeing the mutilated bodies as much as just the distortion around them. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wendy then tells at one point that they're all going to die here. Um, at this point, we get Spider and Samantha, who Spider is the one who's afraid of marijuana because of the fear. <laughs> Um, we also do get a really good shot of uh, Joey's ass. I found Joey oh, far too attractive for um, totally Discount cool. Will Wheaton was marvelous Dis- in this short. Yes, he was. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, he's he was actually the only notably furry guy that I figured. He was cute. He, yeah. he was attractive. He was, I, I wish yeah. we saw his dick. He was actually I, so close. I really, actually, I'm okay for not having seen his dick. I kind of like the whole, I, I did enjoy the, the silhouette of his balls. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was jumping yeah. into the lake. I actually also really enjoyed. There's a scene when Wendy, um, sort of like out of the blue, is just like, "Do you want to fuck?" And he's just like, "Wait, what?" And he, yes. but at the moment, oh, he's no, sort no. of like, he's sort of like grabbing his dick. He sort of like fidgets around the dick zone. Oh yeah, it, it I like that. Because he's starting, to get, he's starting to get awkward boner with well, new friends. And I don't, I don't, okay. I don't know that the he's actor actually boner. was getting an awkward boner, but he was he very, job. he yes. was very believable. Yeah. I, I believed that he had an awkward boner. Exactly. And um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so this is so. I like we're now at the point. Uh, Spider and Samantha leave the group in one of what I think is the weirdest moments ever, where she's like, "I'm gonna take a shit," and Spider's like, "I want to come." Yeah, I'm going to film it. It's a very um, awkward thing. Yeah. I don't really understand that moment. I, mean, I can't say that Samantha was a very good actress, but I did like that she was just like a blunt bitch, and I enjoyed she her was. existence. Her indignation at that scene was, yeah. was very... You want to see something awesome? Here, I can put my arms over my head. Yeah, and then she gets the, the machete through the eye, which is actually super well, awesome. She gets like stabbed through the back of the head, and it comes out the front. Yeah. Like and it. takes the eye with it. Yeah, yeah. And um, Spider ends up kind of dying unobtrusively. Um, and then we get we get to the lake where Wendy tells Joey that she lured everyone there as bait, yep. and that's the want to fuck scene when yeah. when he's kind of like I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. We just met. I don't want to fuck you in the woods. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it's all about a mysterious killer which has powers who she was just trying to kill because the police refused to do anything about it. Um, Joey gets his throat slit. Sadly. And then Wendy basically runs away, luring this um, distortion killer. They refer to him as the glitch. Yeah. yeah. Um, referring the, the killer through a variety of traps that she set for him, which go her. Right? Yeah. Like, that bitch was on that shit. And, yeah, was. that shit was fun. And some and, of those, I'm like, huh? Yeah, she there? does the trap where he falls into the ditch. She does the yeah. bear trap. She even does the full bed of fucking nails yeah, yeah. that is spring-loaded to slam into that one. That one took some engineering. Yeah. The, the I, whole thing took some engineering. She is, how did she get out there and lay all these traps without him getting her? That's why she needed bait. Um, he doesn't kill single girls. Oh, okay. He only kills, <laughs> he only kills girls who want to fuck. Yeah, so that shit feels kind of like a, uh, a meta-commentary because he's obviously he's obviously setting this up as uh, sort of a commentary on slashers. Yeah. yeah. And well, so, and it's also funny. Like, the killer the, is activated by the behavior yeah. that... Right and, now. you know, when the police go out there because they're not doing anything illegal for once, <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they do not set off the killer. Yeah. Right. 
So now, this is when I'm and Andy, feel free to cut right here, oh. make a big loud noise. Ah! Um, <laughs> that way it leaves a, an image for him. This is when, you know, if the killer was actually a black man, the police would have been on it killing him. Oh, Honestly, yeah. I'm probably going to leave that in. Because <laughs> it, <laughs> it's funny because it's depressingly true. <laughs> but yeah, so, so basically it ends up where the after he gets spring trapped with the giant nail bed, yeah. he can vanish and reappear, Friday the 13th, the game style, right. and jumps at her through a tree. He gets a very gratuitous shot of like stabbing into, he beats her with the camera first, actually, which yeah. I loved, and yeah. then stabbing into her stomach and pulling out her intestine. And then we just end the short with her writhing weirdly and cutting it. Right. Which, which I'm good with. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was this, perfect. This is one of the one of the better shorts, <laughs> very by far. Um, I I appreciate it because we did go into that, like we talked about with found footage of the yeah. movie. Um, oh, found footage three D. Yeah, oh. found footage three D. Where where nobody can see this, nobody understands that this is there, but her. But it does actually exist, and we're only seeing it through that glitch in the camera. And I love that glitch. So I won't lie. 2012, I was still ramping into my horror. Um, love so I was still a little bit afraid of things this short freaked my shit out because of the the glitchy again it's that weird thing that I I very much own it's not an everyone thing where like recordings and things like that when they glitchy that very particularly scares me So yeah. this hit a special spot for me with all of the glitching and the way the yeah. camera and the, the noises it makes. And mm-hmm. I love the way this is done. Yeah. And I also love, so again, Tuesday the 17th only occurs after Friday the 13th. Of course. Right. And fun side note, in Mexico, there is no Friday the 13th. It is Tuesday the 13th. Okay. okay. The scary day is Tuesday. I don't. They didn't know that when they made this necessarily, but to me, it's a double yeah. because yeah. it's a Tuesday and it is the Tuesday after Friday the Thirteenth. So that is the, you know, even like the movies. Friday the Thirteenth the movie is renamed in Mexico Tuesday the Thirteenth. Nice. I just love it. I love Samantha, who was obviously not a good actress, but she oh, right. was just so blatantly like fucking yeah, just right. whatever, and I loved her for it. It was a, it was a fairly typical slasher cast. It was. Well, it and, was, and that's what I appreciated about it. Mm-hmm. It was the slasher casting. It was very definitely. Yeah. Making fun of slashes. And yeah, Spider was it. only there to die. Yeah. He was yeah. a useless person otherwise. Totally yeah. was. And the, the sound design of the of the glitch guy, <laughs> there's some actually recognized some of the sounds that they fully together in this big mishmash of noise. Yeah. Like one of the sounds that you get is like if you like if your cell phone goes off around a microphone. Yeah, I love that that, that RFI mm-hmm. sound yes, is yeah. in there as mm-hmm. one of those. It's a little unpleasant on headphones. <laughs> but <laughs> I used to it's a funny story. When I used to be, you know, yeah. an impatient um, teenager, and I had my first cell phone, a little flip phone. Yeah. I used to listen to my CD player and uh-huh. put my my cell phone on top of my CD player. Oh god! Because it would cause that noise yeah. right before the phone would ring, and for some reason that made me feel better about being impatient. I would know seconds before. Jesus. <laughs> So I did that for years. So I'm very oh. well acquainted with that noise. Um, yeah, I wish I had more to say about this one. There's a, there's a, of the segments that I don't really care for, and this is kind of one of those. Oh, really? This is probably the best of the ones that I don't really care for because it has the most thoroughly thought through idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is at least some writing going on. Yeah. Um, I like, I like that Wendy is basically the um, Nev Campbell of of this slasher world. Except yeah. she's kind of a dick. 
She's kind of a dick. I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, yeah. I feel like Nev Campbell is kind of a dick by the time you get to Scream 3. Kind of, sort of. Or but, Scream 4, especially. But, but Nev Campbell doesn't actually, yeah. you know, lead people into traps. Well, no. <laughs> I, I feel like, yes. and I, But I think to tell the story, that is, that's the downside of all short fiction, is sometimes you have to have a character do something just completely outrageous just because we don't have the time to get people there normally. Yeah. Right. We didn't well, have the time to have her sit down with her friends and explain how tired she was and that she needed their help and then yeah. they happened to die. We needed her just to be like, no, bitch, just come on out. We're going to have fun and I'll fuck you and they come out. Yeah. You know, we just right. need to get them there. And that's right. the, the and, and I totally get that and, and yeah. I appreciate that in this short. I'm just like, no final girl is going to lead people she barely knows out to the woods as well, bait. That's why she lived the first time and not the second. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's also because you don't really see her as the final girl until the glitch guy shows up. She's honestly the antagonist. Yeah, like from the moment that she breaks kayfabe and is just like, no, yeah, you're all dead. Yeah, um, I love that moment. That, that, that is, is that so is good. really good, and it's yeah. one of the things that's really good about it. I think I've actually just realized part of why this one does so little for me um, up until that point. This is literally the fourth segment that we have seen that involves people filming themselves right. in a car yeah. improv yeah. yeah. I mean, almost every single segment except um, the next one. And... Yeah. No, the Not next everyone. one's the only one. That's right. Um, but this... So this is my number one. Yeah. This is my number... Obviously... This is... I, I pretty much knew... And everyone should. Yeah. If you haven't caught on, slashers are my special place. Like, yeah. I love thought-provoking horror, and I, I often don't watch slashers because I'm watching crazier shit, but, like, yeah. if I just want to be happy... I'm going to watch a slasher and I'm just going to enjoy people dying. Oh yeah. Sure. Like that's just, that's a special place for me. So of course this is my number one and watching this for the first time, this legit scared me. Like I had an emotional reaction to this short and was like, Oh shit. Like that freaked me out because of the glitching and everything. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is special. This is definitely my number one. Is this your number three? It is absolutely my number three. Um, it's, it's, (laughs) it is also my number three. Yeah. Um, the idea is really good. And actually there's, there's some things about it that are excellent. Um, yeah. But ultimately it's more fun for me to think about than it is for me to watch. That's legit. Mine, I, I pretty much already said it. It's because it is slasher related and slasher yeah. adjacent, I guess. It is. It's, so. I mean, it's it's unabashedly a slasher. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like we get four characters who we watch this die. Yeah. I also will say the scene with um, Joey walking around after he's had his throat cut yeah. and just kind of breathing. Yeah. I think that is a very good shot. And that oh, totally is it. the moment when I'm like, there's a lot of good stuff you could have done with like five more people mm-hmm. and 30 more minutes. They give the impression that there's a lot more going on than what we see. Yeah. Which yeah, I think is good. Yeah. That's another reason why I think it doesn't not necessarily need to be made into a full length movie because I am comfortable leaving things. Uh, part of what part of the reason why I enjoy thinking about it so much is because there's so much that goes on that doesn't really have any explanation. Right. None of this has any explanation. No, not, yeah. not and, everything needs to be said. And I like it that way. Uh, yeah. So in that in that regard, yeah, it's one of the more successful ones. I just I, I don't enjoy watching it as much as I. Yeah. Again, I enjoy thinking about it. And it's it. legit. And that's that it comes down to just who we all are as horror fans in some yeah. way. You and know? also. Um, that's also kind of true of slashers in general for me. Um, I enjoy the concept of slashers and I enjoy thinking about slashers a lot more than I actually, I don't actually enjoy watching them, 
because the, the 45 minutes before things actually start happening just makes me roll my eyes. Well, and you know, Sleepaway Camp, for all of its um, interesting problems, <laughs> has some fantastic deaths. And also, Sleepaway Camp gave me plenty of camp to keep me occupied. And plenty of very short shorts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so God. many bouncing Those shorts. Fucking shorts. Oh, God, the testicles of that movie. I know. <laughs> and actually, and what Joey in this was wearing those shorts, basically. Kind of, yeah. He was yeah. wearing the... Uh, he was wearing the gym. Well, swim shorts. Yeah. They were almost that short, though. Like they were short shorts. Yes. Um, so the next thing is the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger. That's the worst title. It's a Joe Swanberg title. Yeah. Like that is so his title, yeah. and this is of course written directed by him. It is strange. This is, my favorite thing about this is it's totally a FaceTime conversation that someone. Yeah. Put on a VHS tape. Yes. Which is my, I, and I've said this before, I'm like, they almost could have just gotten rid of that uh, Mac yeah. uh, generic backdrop and just yeah. made this full screen and yeah. just completely yeah. not pretended like it was on a computer. Yeah. Um, so let's talk, I'll, I'll talk about it and then we can. Yeah, I, this is another one that I just have so this, little. Okay, so this segment is shown through computer video chats. Emily talks to her boyfriend, James, uh, a trainee doctor. Yeah, he's he's actually you know, in, he's like, like in a med school. Trainee doctor is not a med student. Yes, yeah. there's a word for this already. Uh, or, I don't. Or no, I didn't intern write it. Or something. Whatever. A trainee, trainee doctor. doctor. Yeah. Whatever. I'm I sorry. think this this short would have been a lot funnier if uh, if, if whatever his name was was actually like Doctor Dorian from Scrubs. He should, <gasps> he should have totally been a vet. Right. Oh, that would have been way better. Because these are basically his caged animals. Um, yeah. So, a med student. After witnessing a small, childlike entity rush into her apartment and slam the door, Emily believes her apartment is haunted. Her landlord claims that no children have ever lived in the apartment, and she is unconvinced. During the next video chat, she is frantic, and she's starting to dig very obtrusively into her arm and show him awkwardly on the camera, of which he is very normally freaked out, as you should be if someone was of showing course. you a giant wound they were digging into their arm <laughs> with, with a with barbecue fork. He's just like, don't do that. That's literally his, Stop that's his tone using, of voice. Yeah, he's Stop so, doing that. I'll be there in a week. He's the least emotional. He's like, God, girls, don't do that, please. God, it's so yeah. annoying. <sighs> Emily then attempts to contact this being. She it knocks her out. There's a number of scenes of her like walking around her apartment backwards with the computer so that he can tell her she's yeah. what she's not seeing because close my eyes she has her eyes closed so she doesn't freak so out. So she doesn't get scared. She then gets injured um, and kind of goes to a fugue state. Um, we then finally reveal that she um, has schizoaffective disorders and is actually an experiment in some kind of strange incubation system yeah. run by aliens to which James is their doctor to make sure the girls live. Right. The thing about it is she, she, well, the person who diagnoses her with schizoaffective disorder is uh, like a doctor that he recommended her to, which means that that doctor is also in on it. So she's being gaslit, basically. In in the most alien way. Very aliens again. Can I say aliens one more time? Because these are ghost aliens that are putting devices into people's arms. And I don't understand. This is so onion up layered. Your pets. Yeah. Like, I don't even understand he really is a vet for people. Like, Literally yeah. the only 
I'll be honest, like this story don't make any fucking sense at all. Like I understand it exists basically for the benefit of the audience that it's that dramatic irony where it's, we know he's lying, but she doesn't know he's lying. But you actually, it, it, it basically the, lives and I dies didn't on catch that. that he was lying. It's until the paranormal the activity version. Very it's, paranormal. It's paranormal activity with gaslighting. Where she's the psychiatrist for the people that have been abducted by aliens. No, it's idea. kind of like that. No. I want to see this movie now. It's actually not bad. I uh, I want to see her be a psychiatrist to alien abductees. So, something where she's not actually just beating people up and looking like yeah. badass. You no, know, I want to watch the Fifth Element again too. I, that's yeah. there's that too. There's, I'll I'll, I'll be honest, like the, the entirety of my notes, uh, the entirety of what how this move this segment is represented in my notes, apart from commenting on somebody screen capping video chat and recording it to a VHS tape. Yes, which is always my biggest problem. I don't. Yeah, yeah that's why. Do, how does that uh, even fit in here? Honestly, I'll just go ahead and read it verbatim. I'm less worried about the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger than I am the sick thing that happened to Emily's nipples. <laughs> she have huge nipples? Shit looks gigantic fucking Shit nipples. looks like Genoa salami fell out of a yes! $5 footlong. <laughs> it's Jenna Baloney's sister. Uh, no, no. See, Bolo- Jenna Baloney had the, bo- the long nipples. She has the wide No, nipples. Jenna Baloney had the bo- the big, fat, the round Pepperoni nipples, nipples. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she, she got that. Yeah. She got those. Yeah. And you know it's, what? It's Normally, I do not like the body shame anybody. I don't like to comment on anybody's physique, but... Fuck you, movie. If you're going to put tits in my face, I will comment upon the hey, tits. We're not shaming them for we're pointing not. out that they actually have baloney-shaped some nipples. Pe- some Fucking people like, like the like large nipples, and God. that's fine. Yeah, no, tip-pick. Totally that's the gay version, right? Yeah, yeah. but his actually are... He, he, he wants the long nipples. He wants, yeah. His, he, he wants yeah, he the ones that have had, like, the snake bite he, kids yeah, for, he like, wants eternities. His yeah. are, like, load-bearing nipples. Yeah, they <laughs> are. Literally. Yeah. Various kinds of loads. But anyway, no, it, this one, this one doesn't do anything for me. I don't me, like but this it's one. It's not horrible. It's, I, um, as it, far it, as it, things it, it, that Joe Swanberg has directed, it's probably the best thing of his. Possibly. I mean, I've never um, seen any of his work, so because Mumblecore I, just doesn't it, scream and to shouldn't. me at all. I still say, if you want to try, you know, how does Mumblecore scream anything? It really doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, so, <laughs> like, screaming in Mumblecore is like, uh... if, you, if you are the biggest... Mumblecore just seems to me to be the Tina Belcher of films. No, no. Mumblecore is if you are, like, the hipsteriest hipster who, like, can't even anything anymore. You watch some of the early Mumblecore films that is literally just people having inane arguments and then really gaucho-style filmed sex. Oh, God kill me yeah like it is you are yeah. you're you're like drinking your distilled seltzer pumpkin beer while you wear three layers of flannel with like a pillbox hat pumpkin through, beer yeah no distilled what is this? seltzer to pumpkin beer. is this like mumblecore hogwarts yeah this yes is- professor albus mumblecore oh my god <laughs> oh, no! Okay, maybe that's yeah, Harry. Title. Yeah, anyway. Harry, you're you're a wizard or whatever. Harry. Yeah, yeah. You're, um, we've you're already a wizard. been wizards cool. for years, yeah, but I so. guess you also won. But yeah, so we're like, not encroaching upon your wizardly gender. So here's uh, so like here's your wand. Um, but don't don't feel like you have to actually use it. But I mean, if it, it's there, I'm, if you want it, I'm I'm um, setting your wand on the table. I don't. Yeah. You don't need to pick it up. Um, if we if you leave it there, I'll actually take it back later. I don't want to impose yeah. my wand choices on you. Hey Harry, Harry did did you? Oh my God. Did you put your name in the goblet of fire? I Which mean, is it's actually it's, how that should have been asked. Really? It, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't want you to. I don't want you to feel like. I don't want you to feel like you didn't have That's to. Exactly what he's 
I mean, I don't, I don't want you to feel like uh, uh, ashamed of, of. You I know. believe that you didn't do that. It's totally okay. <laughs> it's like I get it, but the rules say we have I mean, to let you do this now. So yeah. I guess you have to. Do so this. I mean, I understand. I I wanted to put my name in the Goblet of Fire too. I really understand. Like you know, I empathize this, with you. This, in this version story. of Harry Potter is better than the short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, it's really... All right, Albus Mumblecore it is. Anyway. <laughs> So, but, what so I was, you're um, on me? expecto well, patronum or what whatever. Is, <laughs> so, in order to summon a patronus, you have to like summon up. You, no, no, you have to yeah. summon up the memory of the last coffee you had. No, you have to sum, you have to summon up the memory of the last time that you did something first. <laughs> so, um, one thing I will say before we rate this motherfucker, <laughs> yeah, is, um, please, if it if they weren't aliens, if they were just ghosts. I almost could have enjoyed it. See, I knew it was aliens when it was all like, oh, I have something implanted in my arm. See, I just, I I, I wanted to enjoy it. And if they weren't aliens, I just, oh, right. that's yeah. why I still haven't watched Asylum. Yeah. There's, um, there's, there's, there's an, there is an idea in this that I kind of wish. Actually, you know what would have made this all worth it is if right at the end that History Channel dude was like, aliens. <laughs> I would have been cool with the whole segment. It would have been like number two. I just wish this would have been directed by somebody other than nearly plotless Nick. <laughs> Pretty much. I just there's not much to say. So this no. is this is my number five of the actual shorts in the film. This is the worst to me because aliens. <laughs> this this is my number four, but it's really a pretty much a close tie with my number five yeah. anyway. So. This, so what's the very slim thing? Okay, so this was this was yeah. Four. So this is four. Yeah, this was four, and second honeymoon was five. Yeah. Um, the only reason why this gets fourth and second honeymoon gets fifth is because the nature of the thing with the camera on the laptop means that they couldn't shake the fucking camera. Yeah. So I could always see what was happening, and there was none of and so. <laughs> By, by virtue of by virtue of actual vision. by virtue of no segments in which the camera started shaking uncontrollably for no fucking reason, this gets my fourth place. Oh my god! This almost gets my fifth place because I still don't understand the process of taking a, a Skype call and putting on a VHS tape. Right. Yeah. There seems like so many extra steps involved that I'm just not on down. So the next one is ten thirty one ninety eight, which is directed by Radio Silence, written by. Matt Bettolini Open, Tyler Gillette, Justin Martinez, and Chad Vieja. There you go. That is a weird last name. These are yeah. all weird last names. Yeah. So I basically, just, they uh, they wrote it, they they co-wrote it, they co-directed it, they all acted in it. Uh, Those are the four dudes? Yeah. Uh, actually, no. One of them was just a passerby. Oh, okay. Um, so I forget which one was which exactly. One of them was Hitchcock? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So it's Halloween 1998. Chad, Matt, Tyler, and Paul dressed in Halloween costumes as the Unabomber, a pirate, a teddy bear implanted with a nanny cam, and a Marine, respectively. I believe they all used their real names, didn't they? Because Matt was Matt. I think they Matt, yeah. So Tyler wasn't. Okay. I think Tyler was the. Was the no, Justin. So it's Matt, Tyler, Justin, and Chad. Okay. And then Chad, Matt, Tyler. So Paul was the not 
Okay. Yeah. All right. And Paul was the Teddy the Teddy cam. He was probably the the cameraman. Yeah. That's probably why he wasn't one of yeah, the Yeah, it directors. makes good sense. Yeah. So head out to a Halloween party at a friend's house only to end up at the wrong place because every street is Miranda. Um, <laughs> sneaking inside, they begin to experience paranormal phenomena and believe they are at a realistic haunted house attraction and have fun in it. In the attic, they find several men gathered around a young woman who they suspended from the rafters, apparently performing an exorcism. The men are chanting, cast you down, and the boys exuberantly join in. Well, because they think it's a haunted house attraction. They do, yeah. yeah. One of the men reacts angrily to their presence, physically assaults the young woman. Samson and the men are pulled upwards into the darkness. More violent, overtly threatening paranormal phenomena begin. Phenomena. Um, I cannot speak. Paranormal phenomena <laughs> then begin to occur, and the boys initially flee before realizing they should escape. They should rescue the girl. Returning to the attic, the boys work to unite and untie her. They pull her to safety through the basement. Who would ever go into the basement when trying to escape a house? Well, I mean, every the other front door, door because the front the front door the actually retracts. But why would you? I and like the window okay. retracted. So which I is guess really cool. it did. Yeah. Um, I've ne- uh, from a growing up in Florida, basements are not a thing that makes sense to me. Yes. Especially, yeah. why would you think you could escape a house through a basement? Because because many basements have. Yes. That wouldn't work entrance. here. Eh, not not in our basement, but there are still plenty of other basements that have I way just, out. I don't know. Maybe this is a thing just because I really do not understand basements. My grandparents' yet. house had a cellar entrance. I guess. So exiting from the basement, the boys pile into their car with the girl and drive away. The car abruptly stops. The girl disappears, reappearing in the street before them and walking away amid a flock of birds before they realize they have stopped in the train tracks. They attempt to get out, and the train hits them. So this... This is fantastic. Yes. Um, I, if I remember the commentary right, they don't really talk about much, except they turned me on to the fact that uh, did either of you notice the item that follows them through the house? The chair. Yeah. Okay. Do yeah. you know how many times the chair appears? Because I counted it. Uh, I don't know oh, the God, exact number, but it keeps it keeps recurring. Nine. Yeah. It keeps Because it, it keeps appearing in places where it had not been a moment before. Yeah. Right? So nine times are the chair seen on screen. Nine times. Um, two of the nine... The chair is actually in the same place, but they very obnoxiously pan back to it. So I counted them. Okay. Um, But yeah, so nine times that chair moves. Also, the rest of the furniture tends to crowd toward them. Yeah. In every other scene, but it's very subtle. And I actually only caught it on like the eighth viewing of this movie. So Yeah, it it does very firmly fall into a lot of those poltergeist tropes. Yeah, and this actually, from what I remember, this has the most cuts. Yeah. The most, like, cut to black because uh-huh. they didn't try to do it in one shot. Right. Right. Um, the, most of the other ones... The blocking they, is way too complicated to have done it in a single shot. Oh, it's I just mean, not happening. it's possible because there have been movies that do right, it. Right, but that would have required a lot more money and a lot more time. It's true. Yeah. But yeah, so this one I think has the... But I also, I have to say, I liked the glasses a lot as a trope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like... I actually like the video chat. I just have a problem with the video chat and yeah. VHS. Right. Like, that has always been a The nanny cam bear was kind of... Was the, my, one of my favorites. Easily the best. Great. Yeah, I, And you're never quite allowed to forget that he's in a bear suit. His right. hands. His hands, his are, hands furry. are all furry. And it's... it's It just... If you picture that, it's... It's ridiculous and awesome. The only way it could have been funnier is if it was shot in a more conventional fashion and this guy's just running around giving this inspirational speech about how they have to save the girl wearing a bear suit. I know. It's so good. I I just have to say, I love this dude 
his friends are the Unabomber, a Marine, and a pirate. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to be in a bear suit, dude. Well, the pirate is a total adorable. like this costume. The bear suit was adorable. Tour. The co- costume store. It's a shitty pirate yeah. costume. Right. And the Unabomber was the dude who put no effort in. He's like, right. I, yeah. I have a brown hoodie. I mean, a gray hoodie. Yeah. Right. A brown hoodie. What the fuck am I doing? Um, right. And sunglasses. Fuck aviators. Off. A brown hoodie. A gray aviators. hoodie and aviators. I didn't yeah. even realize he was supposed to be the Unabomber. Yes. I, I, I can't believe they said... Did you just say that it's too dark in here and then take off sunglasses? <laughs> ass. Right. So I think uh, this is, and again, this 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 short starts out with a lot of hooliganry, as do many of the others. Right. And this one is so much better though, because obviously they wrote dialogue yeah. and they wrote fun dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. honestly, these guys have really good chemistry. Of course they do. They've been working together for a while. And I bet. Radio silence, I, yeah. I feel like Paul is like their cameraman. Yeah. yeah. I almost want to bet that even though he's not part of their writing team, he's their camera dude. Like, when they need someone, yeah. right. he sit there. Yeah. Right. So, like, they have this really, really great chemistry, and they're very jokey. And, yeah, they're still bros, but they are far, far more pleasant bros are, to spend time with than any other bros in this movie. This is what I was saying. Well, they're, they're, they're not looking to get drunk. They're not looking to get high. They're not looking to, like, pick yeah. up girls. They're just on their way they're to a Halloween party. They're just having fun. They're a little bit stupid for they walking are. into a house that is clearly unoccupied. Hey, this is yeah, this yeah, house is that's empty. We should probably so not, go not in. where the party is. Yeah. But but it's, hey, Teddy dude Paul has the worst roommate ever. <laughs> He's so mean. That for was no a reason. really great. That was a really great opening. Too. Your dumb friends are here, bitch. I was like, I was just like, yeah. I almost want this guy to come along. I feel like he's some good comedy that they're yeah. not including. And I love he's like, are you adult enough? Obviously. The, the Paul, the teddy bear guy, is, like, super into Halloween and has decorated the shit out of their apartment. Yeah. Which would be, like, the three things that were hung up that his roommate allowed him to hang. I know. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the, you know, the, as the day progressed, the roommate would, like, walk in and be like, well, it's less Halloween now and just take something off the wall. <laughs> that's, my, that's my version, you know. And the full-length version of this, there's at right. least, like, 15 minutes of him and the roommate dealing with Halloween decorations. Exactly. Um, I, this is another, that's another case of where... What is left unshown is almost more funny. Yes, and what's what's shown is funny, but like there's so much about this situation that if you think about it, it just gets weirder. I really like that they're so thick the that left, they actually the right. that they still think they're in a haunted house. Yes, and it's, it's a it's a very strange joke, but it's just so cute. I have to go with it. Well, and it yeah. reminds me of. So it's funny. This is where I go, but this reminds me of the Buffy episode, Fear Itself, mm-hmm. where that's that the joke. There's both, it's a frat house, and yeah. it's supposed to be you go through the haunted house, and when you get to the top floor, you're at the party. Right. So it makes yeah. sense. And then, of course, in that they summon the fear demon, and everything becomes real. Right. Um, so it's kind of the same thing, except without the sacrificial. Don't, don't tease girl. the fear demon. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a little fear it's demon? Just ah. Squish. Can, can it hurt me? No, it's just maybe, improper. Maybe that's what <laughs> just rude. Maybe that's what Spider was afraid of smoking pot for, or taking drugs. <laughs> yeah, he watched too much Buffy. Yeah, he, exactly. Yeah. It. yeah, but no, this, this I would like to say this happened in '98. It happened before that episode of Buffy. It did, but no, it, it as you watched it, you kind of actually had that build up. There was some dread to it, and yes. I appreciate it. Yeah. And you it's got that very... up because at this point, you know something's happening. Of course. Yeah. And they keep talking about weird shit, and you keep seeing, you know, the chair follow them. Right. Yeah. And the whole time, but they're still, like, convinced it is a haunted house. And, and so then... the tone still stays consistent. Right. And, and the pacing is really end... good. That things things escalate yes. very steadily. And, and they wrote that the preacher exorcism scene so well. Because yeah. it is totally written as if like a sideshow. Like you would yeah. totally join and be like, cast him <laughs> yeah, down. Like, really, right? You would really be into that. You, you would be joining him. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then, and then at that point, you start that roller coaster ride getting out of the house. And I loved it. 
Yeah. Um, no, I also loved. So not to interrupt you, sorry. No, yes, yes, uh, was that your cube reference right there? <laughs> no, actually, I my ear itched. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. You I was like, a oh, cube, cube. Oh, no, no, no what's my, happening? No, my ear just itched. The, this room is not green. Blue. Blue. Like the red room. Um. No. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I liked. I liked the moment where. Whenever, whenever it is that's pulling them up into the ceiling, yeah. they feel it on their chest, and you see it on their face because they know what's about to happen. Yeah. And I love that there was that like moment, couple seconds of time every time, yeah. like oh yep. shit, oh shit, and then you see them and to to allow them to experience that feel. Yeah, I it liked it, short, and it gave us just enough. Oh, you perfect. know what? Just you know what those gags reminded me of? Mm-hmm. A lot of those gags, uh, the people getting sucked into the ceiling and the arms reaching out. Yeah. It reminded me of the work of Daniels, uh, Swiss Army Man. Oh, yeah. And they have, they've also done uh, music videos and other shorts. Yeah. It looked like something that they would do because a lot of their work deals with things that are shot not necessarily in high-definition video yeah. that are slightly grainy, but you still get really interesting CG effects happening in them. Mm-hmm. Um, it really reminded me of that because it's kind of a little bit quirky and weird and, those and idiosyncratic, seamless. but also the, really, um, it's it's jokey, but it's also kind of scary at the same yeah. time. Those They have that toned down really well. The disappearing into the roof, the ceiling, yeah. was the most expensive um, special effect yeah. of this film. Sure. That's why they really only show it twice. Right. I love the arm, the arms coming out of the but walls, that, the uh, the that Belle Lebet the... kind of shit. Well, like, yeah, that's really the cool. Arm, the arm coming out of the wall was totally uh, okay. practical. Really? They did it a lot. Yeah. Well, that was the same practical with um, like Friday, uh, no, Nightmare on Elm Street, where you like you push your face oh, in. The, yeah, the but latex, no, yeah. but think, I mean, that's some really, because first off, it happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't second, know if every they, single they, they get, arm. They get a lot of but penetration. most of them like, are practical. I've, like, I never get much further than the forearm, and they actually are getting up near the shoulder <laughs> here. Yeah, they're going all the way into the rectum. Yes. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> This is why gay men don't box. Anyway. <laughs> or it's why they box more. It could be. Uh, anyway. Um, you know, no. is it a load-bearing arm? <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Fuck. But no, this is, this is it, just a, such a party. It was. It really was. They, they were having so much fun, you can't help but it have is, fun Yeah, it's very infectious, and it's kinetic and fast, and the camera work is rock solid. You know what you were looking at yeah. every moment of this. Yeah, yeah, and I love, this is another one that I'm like, this could easily be a full length, and I would want it to be found footage because that mounted head, as long as you keep him in that bear suit, which every time they would show his hand, that I'd fucking bear suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would just yeah. like, I'm not going to lie, I would totally put like a room of mirrors just so we can really look at the bear suit from every angle because I, yeah. just, I just liked it. More bear suit. It yeah. was such a cute, like watching more... him put it on, it I was like, adorable. yeah. You know, and, and it's such a shitty bear suit. It is. <laughs> and <laughs> cheap what, ass bear suit. The thing that you really get out of it, though, is you learn so much about this person from yes. the bear suit. Oh, yeah. All of their friends were into it, but he like committed. He's like, I'm going to wear a full fursuit right. for this entire party. Yeah. It was Kigurumi, but still. Okay. <laughs> so what, he had his feet out? And probably. He was in sneakers. Something like that. But anyway. Do still, you feel better? I do. Good. Shut up. So, but no, it, it really, out of, uh, this is my number two. This is my number three. Yeah. Because, well, to me, one, two, and three were a hard choice. I, sometimes I think Amateur Night is my number one. Like, sometimes that is my favorite because I think from a story perspective and a filming perspective, because I don't have issues with found footage, 
um, the way other people do. I'm yeah. very bought in. Right. So to me, that is often the best filmed. This one, I appreciate the monster story. Yeah, and this one, I think is very good. I really do. It's probably my favorite. But this is the kind of story that I could give or take. Yeah, like I'm kind of like I'm here at the party, but this isn't my jam. What I appreciated about this one was we got the ghost story, but we also got kind of that, you know, the girl in the green prom dress, urban legend sort of thing. At yeah, the end. and, and I really I, appreciated that. I, I don't. I can't lie. I don't care that she ends up being the evil thing they're keeping in the house. Right. It's that to me was so apparent. I called yeah. it from a mile away. Oh, like, yeah. of course, when they were running out with her, you know, you don't yeah. escape with the girl in the found footage short unless she's going to fuck you up. Oh, uh, say which where it is on your list, Danny, because that's what we already did. Oh, uh, it's it, it's my number one. Yeah, it's the last segment left, and I haven't said number one yet. I know, but it's, we, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> my my favorite segment of the whole thing. It's uh, it's a fucking party and a half, and I'm. It's it provides the the most fun viewing experience for me. Yeah, um, and I get it. it is that roller coaster. Absolutely, a lot of chaos taking place, and but it's yeah. it is photographed very well. There's a lot of background chaos, uh, uh, a lot of marvelous gags. It is. Oh, yes. I loved the um, the way the chairs were stacked when they run through the yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. things Pulled like that. And they, shit, shit flying at them. The, and I the only thing I disliked about the shit flying at them was it was so obnoxiously CG. It really was. Sure, um, and the, the, my. Probably my favorite shot in the whole thing is when they get to the front door and literally the window on the front that door. That was done really well. Shrinks on. Yes. Yep. That is so uncanny looking. It is. And the, yeah, the doorknobs poofing into yeah. the doors. I thought right. those were all really it's like good. They were just sucked right in. Yeah. It was amazing. I, the only thing I dislike about like everything, the flying stuff. Yeah. Is it was so apparent that it was added in post and it was not intended. Yeah, be, I mean because they aren't really ducking. Yeah, they're not. A, they're yeah. not commenting on any of it as right. well. If things were literally flying at you while you were running, you would talk about it. Right, sure. and I think that's one of my biggest reasons why it's my number two instead of my number one. That's just something I could give it. it that doesn't affect to me. That's just like even my number it's one. It's a technical thing. Yeah, even my number one. A lot of the the way people died was so. That's not how you died. Like, no. the dude who was floating in the water with, like, his spine exposed. Right. Super cool shot. I'm yeah. certain that's not how he died. Exactly. You know, so that's, like, every, there's a problem with anything, and I, I give things the ability to have yeah. faults. Yeah. But. They, I think they even, they just realized, like, as they were running through this room, like, you see a bunch of chairs stacked up, which is great, but then, like, okay, there's a bit of a sag here. Okay, shit's getting flung at him. Work it, work it out. And right. it, it just. You know, it makes sense in that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, and I, I love ending, how I'm standing up for that. It just, it doesn't. I, I like the ending. Yeah. Um, I don't think it net matters, but I like that they're all stuck in the. Uh, you know, the only here's the other found footage issue I have with just in general. Well, because they, they who, introduced uh, the train at the who, beginning who of the show. Compile the uh, footage from the train wreckage. Exactly. That's one mm-hmm. of my main, like my joke about found footage films is I yes. always imagine in the in the universe where all found footage films exist simultaneously, mm-hmm. um, there is a government position where all you do is edit together found footage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You, they just, oh, we found another kid's trapped in the woods tape. Damn yeah. it, I've been working on that for three weeks. I, mean, I, I can kind of see a, a camera that's in a padded suit surviving a train wreck. But oh, yeah, no. But, you know, it's the same thing. Someone had to go out to the woods and get the camera. Well, somebody Someone had to... All of these tapes. Yeah, I was just going to describe that. You ruined my joke. Sorry. Bitch. Yeah. I guess we're at work. So this right. would come down to... We need to rate, uh, I guess, rate the movie. Rate a full rating? Yeah. Well, hang on. Get, get a clean take of it. Say it again. So, Bob... <laughs> 
How do you rate VHS? <laughs> 2012. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. So, um, as it stands, in, in terms of, you know, I, I've seen much more, uh, many more anthology movies that I enjoyed much better than VHS. But this is not a bad film. Um, when when we're taking out, you know, the, the three segments that are utterly awful and just leaving Amateur Night, uh, 1031, 98, and Tuesday the 17th, it's perfectly fine. Um, but really, that's half the film. So I can't really give this more than like a three out of five, you know, rotten videotapes in the basement. Why they gotta be rotten? Because they're not entirely watchable. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I love this movie unabashedly, and even for its faults, even, you know, I, I, I can say that I don't watch it regularly because I don't care to rewatch the strange thing that happened to Emily. Well, fuck. Why do I want to watch that short? Right. Um, But I solidly love this film and I recommend it to everyone. I mean, for a while I did. I don't normally now because at this point there's been so many other things that I don't think about it. I would recommend XX now more than recommend this just because that is more recent and, just, you know, I've seen it. I hadn't seen this for maybe about a year. No, I, I won't um, say that I won't recommend this. It's not a I mean, it's not about, I just don't actively. Like, I used yeah. to actively be like, oh, you should go on Netflix and find VHS. It's really good. You should watch it. Because you know people listen to this podcast for, oh, totally. for recommendations of movies yeah, they should totally absolutely. watch. They, hopefully, if they're listening at this point, they've seen it. Yeah. yeah. But, so, I mean, I, I mean, I give this movie a very solid four and a half... Um, bear orgies out of five. <laughs> the half was because someone was a cub, I assume. I, don't I guess. Know. <laughs> um, anthologies are tricky. Uh, like It's expected that you're going to like some stuff and dislike some stuff. Yeah. In the end, there's a lot more in this movie that I didn't like than stuff that I liked. Like The stuff that I liked in this movie accounts for about 30 minutes of a two-hour runtime. It was just too long. and meh. So, um, basically, I'll, I will... Give it one for each segment that I can say that I unabashedly liked. So it's going to get two out of five. Um, <laughs> Someone did not agree with that, Andy. No. I'm not going to be gainsaid by somebody who licks her own asshole. <laughs> what? Just people who lick other people's assholes? Two, two out of five asshole lickings? Well, I was going to say two out of five <laughs> droplets of urine and like soaked into a bear suit. But sure, go with that. Whatever, whatever unit of measurement we are using, this movie gets two of them. This two out of five self analingus. <laughs> oh my god! So if you guys need to contact us, lay eggs in our brain, um, deposit fetuses in our back. Uh, contact us at bob at candycodedrazor.com. Hit us up on the website at candycodedrazor.com. Uh, search for us on Facebook using Candy Coded Razor Blades, and hit us up on Twitter at at Candy Razor Pop. And you can reach me on Twitter at Zanman Horror Fan. That's X A N M A N Horror Fan. Or email me at podcasthorror at gmail.com. And if you want to get a hold of me for some reason, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook at Oh Shut Up Andy, at OH Shut Up Andy. And uh, keep them coming as far as the likes, the subscribes, the rates, the reviews, and the shares is. It's all good. You are our listeners, and we love you unconditionally. Even when we can't make the camera stay steady enough to fucking show you. <laughs> yeah, we're shaking. We're all shaking our mics right now yeah. because that's that's good visual um, joke. Whoa. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Connections. Yeah. Gotta make sure you're connected. Oh my god. <laughs>
So oh, I forgot um, all about that song. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, before Andy makes any more, it's your music. Bye! Bye!